Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Watermelon Man from Quincy Jones and a great take on that classic too. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. Thank you very much for joining me on this Saturday morning. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And alongside them, you get to hear from a shaper from the world of business. And my business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Marcus Courage. He is the CEO and founder of a business called Africa Practice. They're a strategy and communications consultancy, been going for just over 13 years, and they do all things related to Africa. And you are going to hear all about his really interesting and successful business. In addition to hearing from Marcus, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And then there's the music, and we've got some crackers today from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. One from Femi Tomoa, one from Chico Freeman, and this from Jose James. Don't talk to me, baby. So don't say yes. Troubling me, we got to try and figure out some kind of way to go that we know. Troubling me, me every time I step around. Jose James with trouble. Marcus Courage, who hopefully won't be too much trouble today. If, if, he, if he is, he won't last till 10 o'clock, uh, is my, my business shaper. He's the CEO and founder of Africa Practice. As I said earlier, they're a strategy consultancy. They cover communications. They love Africa. And this man called Marcus, I, the first question, firstly, I should say, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. And secondly, why Africa? You're a young 28-year-old. You've been working at Weber Shamwick, a nice, big, cosy, big institutional business. You're head of international government affairs and a director as well and all those other things, the, the trappings of the of the corporate life, Marcus. And you go, I know what, I'm going to set up a business that's all about Africa. Why Africa and why a business? Well, a very good question. And I'm asked that question a lot of times, as you'd imagine. So um, I got the bug. That's as simple as that. Um, I uh, had grown up with my father living in South Africa and I'd visited mm-hmm. him. And then as a student, I'd, I'd travelled around uh, West Africa and uh, it's it's quite a contagious continent, and I, I got the bug. Um, I wanted to be a diplomat and was obsessed with foreign policy and diplomacy. And I managed to start a career in sort of private sector diplomacy. But I wanted to work more. I, I determined that I wanted to work in Africa. And specifically, I wanted to help African governments gain a better share of voice internationally, because I'd seen for myself that um, the way that uh, they were negotiating in multilateral forums. The deals that they got for their countries were, were raw. You know, they, they were not good deals. Um, at, at the same time, I'd observed that um, uh, the continent that I knew and, and, and fell in love with um, was misrepresented. People all over the world had, had frankly, um, a warped impression of Africa. Um, it was represented through stereotypes of famine, poverty, war, conflict. Um, and the Africa that I'd seen as a student was one of pride, one of dignity, 
um, you know, encounters with fishermen in Dakar in Senegal, encounters with musicians in Nigeria, um, encounters with um, uh, street hawking um, vendors in, in, in the street in, in, in Johannesburg. Um, they'd all demonstrated to me that this was a continent quite far removed from the image that we had growing up as the Band-Aid, Live Aid generation. And I wanted to um, use my professional skills to help um, African governments, African countries, have a better image in the world. Um, and so um, that, was, that became a recurring obsession of mine. So I worked out how I could marry that passion to do that with, with my professional career. Wow, and that's an answer. And so many questions emanate from that. And I'm going to hold on to those questions because I want to play some more music. I'm going to come back to you, Marcus Courage, my business shaper. This is from Femi Tomoo, and it's called Fella on Enugu Radio. The first of the sounds that are emanating from the fantastic African continent from the brilliant, brilliant British artist Femi Tomoyo with Fella on Anugo Radio. Marcus Courage, my business shaper, and if you were listening earlier, you'd have heard a fantastically articulate answer to the question, why Africa? In the answer you gave, a number of questions um, popped up for me. The first one that I, I think is true, and I want to double-check this with you, is beyond kind of loving this continent, which you obviously just did, and those things happen to all of us. We don't know why necessarily, but we feel a, a real affinity. It sounds also like you're a man that likes fairness, and it sounds to me like you were driven by a sense that it was unfair that the African countries that you so love dearly were being misrepresented, and that that unfairness then led to them being in an inequitable position when it came to doing things that those countries need to do, which is negotiate big deals. Why did you care so deeply? Because you can love a continent, but to actually go as far as saying, I want to go and help, why do you think that happened? I think, um, crudely, it's because I saw how valuable my skill set was to the continent. Um, so I recognise that um, African governments, when they go into negotiations, they need uh, lobbying skills, they need to be capable of advocating a position, they need to build coalitions of support for that position. Um, when seeking to attract investment, and this is uh, in the early 2000s when, when I founded Africa Practice, paltry sums of foreign direct investment Africa was attracting at the time, something around 1% of total global FDI. I mean, really paltry sums. Now, you can't have um, poverty eradication and development without private capital. Um, so Africa needed to attract private capital, and still does. Um, and the skills required to attract private capital are not just about doing the right things. It's about the perception of these destinations being attractive to private capital. So I realized how valuable my skill set was to the African continent. And I'd had the opportunity already at that stage um, in my, with my previous employer to work with African governments and work with multinational companies with some exposure to the African continent. And so I saw an opportunity to, um, to do that. Uh, I mean, that was my next question, actually. I mean, it's, as much as I'm sure, and you are obviously, um, you know, you're a practitioner and you have been for a number of time, a number of years now in this space, in the lobbying space and, and diplomacy. At that point, you were 28. And to feel like, you know, with five or six years experience under your belt that you could go and help a continent. I mean, that takes um, either lunacy on the one side or in confidence or, or something else. Well, 
and and I'm, I mean, all those things are probably true because obviously you you have to back yourself. But that's what entrepreneurs do. You really backed yourself. No, well, I did really back myself. Um, I think even members of my fam- family thought I was crazy. Um, certainly, many of my friends thought um, that I was setting up a, a charitable NGO. Um, and uh, when I'd come through customs at Heathrow, the uh, immigration officer would invite me to tell him or her which charity I worked for. Um, so um, yes, it, it it was it was against the trend certainly um, at that stage I was young I had no dependents I could go for it and that's exactly what I did with the support of my girlfriend now wife who had a great job in a blue chip all the trappings that, that come with that so she was able to subsidize us in the early years and uh, now my time has come Africa is in vogue private capital is flowing in investors all over the world um, want to set up operations or grow their operations in Africa um, so 14 years down the track we're in the right place at the right time. Stay with me to find out more about the 14-year overnight success in Africa that is Marcus Courage, my business shaper, today. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondoret for your business. Hi, my name is Andrew Goldstone, and I'm a partner in the tax group at Mishkondoret. My advice for any entrepreneur at any stage of business is to become tax-aware even if you're a startup, do spend the time and money. A couple of hours on the web can teach you a lot about what tax structures are out there. And then when you do go and see your tax advisor, you'll be prepared. You won't be paying good money just to be told the basics. Instead, you'll get tailored tax advice on what really makes sense for you and your business. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, and I'm interviewing today Marcus Courage. He is my business shaper here on Jazz Shapers. And we've been talking about being compelled, being purpose-driven and going setting up a business in Africa 14 years ago, um, primarily to bring uh, investment into the country and to right a wrong, as it were, in terms of what Africa... Into the continent. Into the continent, indeed. Not, did I say country? Well, there you go. Thank you very much. And many countries in Africa, and even I know that. I was awake in geography. Um, the, the serious point around this, Marcus, is you did back yourself. Where And, and we, we mentioned that. Is that in your DNA, in your, in your genes? Are your family kind of like that too? Are they like, go for it, boy? Is that, is that kind of the, 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 the family mantra as well? Uh, good question. I've always had encouragement from my family, for sure. And I think that uh, as an individual, I'm, I'm naturally competitive. As a, as a young person, I'd uh, stalk out the competition. Now I, I very much feel like I compete with myself. Um, so um, I set myself goals and uh, have strong motivation to, to achieve them. I, yeah, I'm a great believer in, in backing yourself. Do your homework, do your due diligence, understand um, the risks and the opportunities and, 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 and continue to back yourself. Um, and you're now advising many governments. Um, there's that combination, I think, that your business offers around political and political un- uh, understanding of risk and commercial intelligence and advocacy and engagement strategies and all those, those really good things. You've got 75 people now that work for the business across a number of countries. Um, What's it like when you're driven by a purpose and it's just you and then suddenly you've got an organisation to run and margins to manage and the reality of actually being an entity? 
has that transition been comfortable for you? I think um, that uh, it's been comfortable for the most part. I think um, as our ambition grows, um, we have to recognise that um, that me as a as a founder and leader of the business, I've got I've got certain skills, and not all those skills are necessarily appropriate for managing a, a large organisation. So, one of the toughest jobs that I have today is actually not delivering for our clients. Um, meeting their expectations, but uh, meeting the expectations of my own people and managing my own people, particularly as across as big a geography as as Africa. Um, so, um, by and large, I feel that down the track, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty well suited to, to the role that I have. I'm very on top of the requirement to to manage my own people. But do I have the full skill sets required to take this business from a business that employs 75 people to a business that employs 750 people? Perhaps not. I'm sure you do, Marcus. We can't believe you're not going to back yourself on that one anyway. Um, only time will tell. Uh, time for some more music now before we come back to Marcus Courage, my business shaper today. It's from Chico Freeman Fortet, and it's called Seven Steps to Heaven. That was Chico Freeman Fortet with Seven Steps to Heaven, and jaunty it was too. Um, Marcus, we, we've been talking about this coming of age and of, of these 14 years that are now, it seems like they, they weren't a waste of time after all. You chased your dream, you chased your passion, but actually it was been, it's been more than that. It's hard to manage, isn't it, when you're waiting for that moment to happen? I mean, just on a personal basis. I don't just mean pay, being patient, because obviously you, you have been patient. I mean, financially as well. Have you had to have a different kind of life to the one you thought you would have or has the material side just never been important to you anyway so the material side has to become more and more important as you grow a family um, three children three children three children three children yes. in private schools <laughs> <laughs> How, well you better get going <laughs> we leave now go back to work <laughs> so um no you can't you can't ignore the the, the materiality mm. But um, fundamentally, if you're to do a good job, you have to be passionate about it. So passion has to be the principal motive for going to work each day. And I hope that one of the reasons why um, we're as successful as as we've been able to be is because um, our clients employ um, people with not only a professional skill set, but with an attitude. Um, And that attitude comes from a passion. Um, So I've spent a lot of time trying to inculcate the same passion that I have for Africa and for the contribution of the private sector in particular to Africa's development um, in my team. And uh, we have a very clear vision statement for for the business, which extends to the African continent about prosperity, about a continent that inspires the world, not just Africans, but the world. Um, And I think that um, if you'd ask... Um, many of our clients, they tell you that um, they procure our services because we understand the markets. We can help them to be successful. But they like our attitude. Um, they like our attitude. And, and, and that's been an important distinguishing factor for us as, as we operate in what is an increasingly competitive, competitive market. I mean, over time, and you're obviously a student and a practitioner in this, mm. ideas catch because um, what's, what's, what's acceptable changes and what's not acceptable changes. And, and these 
big swathes of, of of opinions that move and you said it's almost glacial I mean 10 years yeah. 10 years is is a fair amount of time is the future bright for this continent that you love absolutely yes I mean the demographics are are impressive this is a population of a billion people and growing very fast it's got wonderful agricultural potential it's got wonderful mineral resources it's got um, a lot of opportunity in, in so many spheres and, and areas. And fundamentally, it's got, it's got innovation at the core of its DNA. Um, I also think that one shouldn't discount um, its geography. You know, it is, it is located so close to Europe. Um, so um, the proximity to Europe um, is, is such an opportunity, uh, both for Africa to, to export, but for Europe also. Um, and one of the things that, um, that I wanted to point out, really, that I point out to my kids each day and is uh, that uh, one of the biggest opportunities for them, for us, is sitting on the African continent only a few dozen miles away from the southern tip of, of Europe. Um, and uh, we need to get to understand this continent. Stay with me for my final chat with Marcus. Plus, you'll be hearing a track from Gregory Porter. That's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal. The bridges on mine, see minions roll by, the bridges fall down, and so do my dreams. Boy, you hear me calling your name, the bridge is your time, your engine rolls hot. If the bridges fall down, don't lose your head of steam. Young man. A nice new song from uh, Gregory Porter there, Don't Lose Your Steam. I hope we don't lose our steam here because Marcus Courage hopefully will stay with me till uh, the end, the bitter end here on Jazz Shapers um, and we are talking about his business and his passion. You have um, reached a point in this business um, where as you said it's kind of it's turned a a big corner and Africa does have a different profile. I mean uh, even recently our very own Prime Minister kind of um you know in, in one of those political faux pas that you don't want to make has has made one but the way that i thought that the nigerian prime minister responded was incredibly um magnanimous is the wrong word but it, it had some gravitas to it he made a bigger point that that coming of age of many of many um countries uh, and your business have kind of coincided as you said what's the next stage where does it go five years from here what, what if we were meeting again in five years time what do you think you'd be telling me that's interesting. It's, I, I wondered if you were going to point to um, the comments by David Cameron or about corruption in Nigeria that he made recently, and then the the, the response from from President Buhari, who was in London for that anti-corruption uh, summit. And I think uh, the point you make is is really relevant. Actually, twelve years ago now, um, I worked with um, the president then, President Obasanjo of Nigeria to draw attention to the ill-gotten wealth uh, that was um, sitting in bank accounts in Switzerland and Europe and uh, lobbying the British government and authorities throughout Europe to freeze those bank accounts and to repatriate those sums of money. Um, No one really wanted to listen at the time. Ten years down the track or a little longer and people are ready to, 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 to sit up, take note and let's hope to act because um, uh, as you point out, 
times have changed. And um, I think that um, whereas historically um, audiences in Europe uh, weren't prepared to, to sit up and take note necessarily of the comments of a, of a Nigerian president, today hopefully they are. And hopefully today they're ready to do something about it and to, to take him for his word as well. But um, in terms of um, the opportunities and the future outlook for for the citizens of Africa, of which you know I pointed out there are so many, um, it's 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 an upward trajectory for, for for most countries, for most communities. There will be um, it won't be it won't be smooth upwards in in every case, um, uh, and fundamentally, it'll be strong development. Good futures will be dependent on good leadership. And historically, there's been an absence of, of good leadership, but that's changing. That's changing. I think the influence of practices from, from industry and, 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 um, and business are having a, a, a good impact on, on governance and political leadership generally. Um, I think that there's far closer attention into the practices of both government and industry on the continent that is good, more scrutiny. Um, Companies who, who weren't so used to, um, or companies who felt they could get away with bad practices are now under the spotlight and, and can no longer do so. Um, and so hopefully um, development generally will be more productive and more beneficial to, to, to those societies. Um, but the future is, is certainly very bright. There's a lot of world-class assets that, um, that Africa has and will continue to advance that I think will be increasingly a facet of Africa's contribution to the world, inspiring the world. Well, listen, it's, it's brilliant to hear you being such a passionate advocate for the continent and it's great to reframe one's own perspective and one can never know as much as someone who lives in it but I've I've learned lots today and I've really enjoyed your company so Marcus thank you so much uh, just before I let you go though you've got a, a quick what have you chosen in terms of music and why have you chosen it moment here it is for you thank you well I've chosen um, one of my favorite Nigerian artists Fela Kuti the originator and inventor of uh, the genre Afrobeat it's African music but filtered through jazz and funk it's a deeply intensely groovy beat but more than that Fela Kuti represents a sort of a passion and a dignity and a determination to to fight for for what he believes in he was um he was an incredibly proud man and led a movement in Nigeria which had impact across much of the African continent and I'm pleased to say there's been a revival of Fela Kuti and his music so fella Kuti, enjoy. Zombie oh zombie. Zombie oh zombie. Zombie oh zombie. Zombie oh zombie. Zombie no go go unless you tell him to go. Zombie. Zombie no go stop unless you tell him to stop. Zombie. Zombie no go turn unless you tell him to turn. Zombie. Zombie no go think unless you tell him to think. Zombie oh zombie. That was just a snippet of Fela Kuti's Zombie. The original is a 12-minute version, you may know. Um, and we didn't have enough time to play it today, but maybe one other day we will. Uh, the song choice of my business shaper today, Marcus Courage, driven by a really strong purpose. Someone who just said, that is the place I want to work, and those are the people I want to work with. Um, enormous patience. He has spent 14 years building credibility um, on that continent called Africa. 
and a real sense of passion. I mean, just unbelievable passion for the place that he works with and the people that work within it. Extraordinary stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another inspirational business shaper, I hope. That's on Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM next Saturday, 9am sharp. In the meantime, though, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.